Full Circle is brought to you by KH Industries, Connecticut's leading neighbourhood landscaper. Check them out on Facebook for a quote today. Welcome to Full Circle with Nick and Fred, your favourite podcast for pop culture, sports, internet stories and more. Now, here's your hosts, Nick and Fred. Nick, it's episode 40, my dude. Can you believe it? Wow, dude. I didn't ever thought we'd get this far. Um, shout out to all our listeners. I'm hyped. Episode 40, guys. Dude, the big 4-0, man. I made fun of my parents when they turned 40, and now our show just turned 40. I don't know what's going on. Dang, dude. You should make fun of our show. I know, dude. <laughs> this stupid show. Oh, my God. What a lame show. You're the oh, well, let me play guy. this audio. I was going to play the whistle, but... I forgot to redo it on this software, so I messed it all up. All right, guys, we're getting into it. We got a short one for you today because we had our interview about the Nike scandal with our boy, Andrew, and he freaking killed it, and I can't wait for you guys to hear the content. I'm going to give you fair warning, and Nick will agree that we did have some audio issues. I don't know what's going on, but most of it is very uh, audible, I guess, legible. I don't know what the right word is. You can hear it. Yeah, it's coherent. So it's very fascinating. He knew a lot more than I thought he was going to know. And boy, was it interesting. I was really excited about that. So we're going to end uh, the later half of this episode will be that interview. So we're going to play that at the end of this intro for you guys. Um, We're going to go over a couple quick topics and then we'll play that. Uh, Also, me and Nick are losers and we didn't prep very well. So we're not going to do a fun fact or a ad also due to the fact that the interview ran a little long so bro you don't need uh, to tell them that we didn't prep you could have just said like oh because the interview is long we'll just gonna well, do two to next episode better, but nick definitely didn't prep guys so too transparent fred too transparent we can't do a fun fact because nick didn't prep guys no no, no dude i could have and we were no anyways guys we're gonna get two fun facts next episode <laughs> two ads next episode we're gonna for the up. sunday you guys, finale you guys and, like jeopardy and right? ig matt next sunday we do have IG, Matt. I forgot about that. It's our last Sunday show, so y'all better tune in. And Nick, you like Jeopardy, right? You're a big Jeopardy fan? I am. Well, everybody loves double Jeopardy, so we're going to give them double. We're going to do double. Also, a little side fact. I don't know if you know this. Aaron Rodgers, the quarterback for the Green Bay Packers, will be hosting Jeopardy for the next two weeks or something like that. Really? So, little side fun fact. There's your fun fact right there. Bam. There's your fun fact for this week. Um, yeah. Nick, let's get into these topics. Let's rant a little bit and then let's get to Andrew's uh, or the Spokane kid. Let's get to his interview because he, he killed it and I want him to hear it. Um, yeah. So, Fred, did you, you see this Volkswagen thing? I did not. And guys, I know sometimes audio can be a little sketch. Volkswagen is thinking about changing their name to Volkswagen. Like the freaking electric current is so stupid. I'm not I'm not engaging in this. Nick, what'd you see? Well, Fred, now, Fred, let me hear what you think about it. Just say what you think about it. I just, dude, I, all right. I worked in sales at Volkswagen. It's like supposed to be like the German people's car. It's German AF, right? Volkswagen, Wolfsburg, Germany, big deal. And now you're going to change it to Volkswagen USA. That's so American. That's so stupid. <laughs> well, Fred, I read an updated story and guess what? They were doing that as an April Fool's prank, and it came out a little early on their website, and that's why everyone found it. It was supposed to be an April Fool's prank. They said they're not actually doing it. They're staying at Volkswagen. Well, since you're bringing up April Fool's jokes, um, did you happen to see the Bud Light Seltzer one by chance? It was all over Twitter. Um, I did not. But do you feel a little better real quick? That staying yeah, Volkswagen? I feel a lot better. I feel a lot better. But I, it's funny you bring that up because, Nick, Vol- Bud Light did one. They were introducing a why get beer and pizza when you can have a beer flavored pizza. So they had four Bud Light seltzer flavors. It was three cheese pizza, pepperoni pizza and anchovy pizza. 
Wait, that's a April Fool's prank though. I think so. I didn't. <laughs> it was hard to tell, dude. Honestly, I couldn't. I couldn't really get a good vibe on it. I think it's a joke. I don't know why anybody would want anchovy flavored beer, but who am I? I would try it. I don't. Mm, mm, if it's cheap Bud Light, yeah, I'd try it. Why not? You're such a goon, dude. I'll stick to my Keystone. I don't need that Bud Light seltzer nonsense. Also, if you're gonna go seltzers, guys, go Natty. Everybody knows it. Okay, Natty days, Natty seltzers, good stuff. Move on with your life. Get the good shit. Um, Nick, I want to get you fired up. I've been waiting for you to get emotional. We finally got a topic that I know you're going to go off on for all of our sports fans and UConn fans. What's going on? That's got you triggered, Nicky Nick. Tell me what's up. Well, Fred, I actually did a little more research. So I'm not as triggered as I was at first. So I know that's a little disheartening to you. That but is extremely disheartening, actually. But James Boatnight, the UConn star, uh, declared for the NBA draft. Now, he's only a sophomore. And so he's going to be a junior next year. Still two seasons left at UConn. And I think it's, I thought it was too soon for him to declare to the NBA draft. Fred, his last three games, right? So the last three games were all in tournament games, the Big East tournament and, and the NCAA tournament. You know what he did in all three of those games, not just the NCAA game? Timmy. He laid eggs. He laid big, fat turds and eggs. Like, oh, so my then why would goodness. you change your perspective? Now you no, got real quick, real quick, Fred, let me just go. I'm, I'm, I'm getting angry, right? You want to hear his averages in these three most important games of his collegiate career, basically? Crash. I already he know. He laid egg. He averaged only 9.67 points per game. He did six rebounds. All right, good. 2.67 assists, whatever. Two, almost as many turnovers. He shot 34% from the field. He shot 34% one of thir- he shot from the field. That's one of 13 from three. One of 13 from three in those three games. 7% from three. I just all right, Nick. I'm 10 to 15 from a line, 66% from a line. I'm, I'm gonna knock it down even one more, dude. I sent you that analytic earlier today from ESPN. I showed you that screenshot. Um, they played number all right. So those who didn't follow the tournament, I know we like get way too into sports, but we're dudes, guys. Okay, this is how it works. All right. UConn was ranked seven. They played number 10 ranked Maryland. Maryland's season record was 17 and 13. UConn's was 15 and 8. We looked good. We were really excited. Me and Nick picked them to win the title. Boat night in this one game, guys, okay? Only NCAA game because they lost in the first round they played. 15 points, okay? Eh, whatever, you know, maybe had a you know good defender on him. Whatever. Six of 16 from the field. Six of 16. Get it out of your hands. You ain't making shit, Boat Knight. What are you doing? Two of six from the free throw line. What are you doing? You ain't ready for the NBA? Like, bro, I want to support my UConn alum, but you ain't no Kemba Walker. I don't. I don't know what this is. I'm looking, dude, his competitor, okay, his competitor, the guard at Maryland, Eric um, Ayala, if I'm saying that right, Eric, if you want to come on the show, by all means, 23 points, 8 of 14 from shooting, so he's over 50% from the field, and didn't miss a free throw. If you had to pick between the two on a big stage, you're going to take this Eric Ayala kid, and I didn't even know he existed. But when I go back to UConn, I can't believe you're declaring for the draft. You're going to end up like Shabazz Napier, a college legend, and then just sucked. And you're not even, I, Shabazz Napier at least won a title. I think he actually, actually doing decent in the NBA, Fred. Yeah, but it took him four years to get there. Yep. My God, dude. Just stay in college. Learn the game. Well, you could Fred, have let us back. I was angry and thought he was dumb. But to end on a more lighter note, I still want him to do well. He's a UConn alum. I want him to do well. And I did some more research into it. And I was comparing him originally to Daniel Hamilton, who was a really good right. player at, at UConn, left his sophomore year after his sophomore year as well, and then nothing ever happened. Never played in the NBA. Well, I was looking at ESPN, right? 
has like a top 100 ranked players for each draft, right? They're like, these are the top 100 players available for a draft. Yeah, yeah. Daniel Hamilton was ranked down at 72, and he got drafted uh, the second to last pick in the NBA draft at 59, so a little like higher than what he was expected, right? But like, so he should have stayed two more years. He's pretty low in a draft. Book Knight, he's actually ranked 18 out of 100. So all the experts are saying he's really good. It's not just like him thinking he's good. All the experts and everyone around that talks about him says he's going to be really good. So I kind of can't blame him for being in, going to NBA, and I wish him luck. But I do kind of think, like, I don't know, he could have used some more experience. I mean, I hope I wish him the best. But Well, Nick, um, I'm going to throw this curveball at you. I don't know. I can't confirm this is fact. I'm literally Googling it as we're bringing it up. I just heard this. But UConn's next recruited class, okay, so the men's basketball team for next year, 2021, is rated eighth in the nation. Eighth. I don't know if you knew that. That's a pretty I heard something like that. Number. So you have this insane draft class coming in. You were going to be a junior, okay, not even a – like not a senior, not a sophomore. I mean, it's expected, but, like, I just – you have one of the best recruiting classes. You've got one of the best coach. I'm a massive Hurley fan. Okay, came over from University of Rhode Island, or uh, it was Rhode Island, URI, turned that program around, brought him an NCAA tie, um, tournament a few times, you know, and then did it with UConn. And you're just going to up and leave. And I just, I don't know, man. I've seen too many guards for UConn go up in the wind, and it's just a damn shame. Um, side note, you might know this, is, and I don't know why I'm bringing it up here, but I want your thoughts. Whatever happened, is Jalen Adams still on the team? I didn't think so. No, he graduated. Uh, he, graduated. he never made the NBA. Yeah, he didn't make NBA, and he was he was pretty damn good too. And he was yeah, not as good as Book Knight though. But you just gotta remember, Fred. You like he's rated 18 in draft class. He could play next year, have a stinky of a year. He could get injured, tank his draft stuff, never go to the NBA. This is like a really good shot to be like almost yeah, a guaranteed first round. Like he's gonna get he's gonna get paid no matter what. You know, you can't blame him at the end of the day. No, uh, well, most of those guys they do it for their families and stuff too. I mean, I'm sure the motivation's there and the. Uh, whatever, but I mean, again, like you said, you kind of long go for it. Proud of you, go for it. But, Psych, but I'm no, so mad that you laid an egg and then yeah, yeah, like we literally, we got all hype. We were like, finally have a decent team, decent coaching, and then we lay an egg and you leave. Great, awesome. All right, moving on from that, uh, you got the results from uh, the polls last week, or yes, Sunday. Yes, I do, sir. I got the polls from last episode. Hit me with them. What do we so got? The first one: Would you go to a tourist location following a shooting incident? 25 votes on this. Lots of engagement. Thanks, guys. Yeah, uh, seven yes, 18 no. That's how I expected to go. I expect that, too. I, I'm, I'm gonna, Again, I love that. It just sucks that we don't get that engagement like further because I want to know, like, one of those seven, what your thought process is. I'm not knocking you. I just want to hear, like, I want to hear both sides of this coin. I'm kind of leaning more to no, but I want to know why you said yes. But we'll come back around. If you guys said yes, private message me. Hit us up on Instagram. I don't care. I want to hear your thought process. What's the next one, Nick? A big one. Saying Big. CT Crunch instead of Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Douche mm-hmm. or no douche? 25 votes. Seven, no douche. 18 douche. You're a douche. Oh, yeah, I don't care. I'm going to keep calling it CT Crunch, guys. Suck it. I don't even care. I well, let's that. see if you're a double douche. No, Wearing dude, Victoria's Secret heavy. pink hoodie as a guy. Douche or no douche? 30 votes. Wow, 30. Holy crap. 16, I wasn't eating, Nick. I didn't 16 even vote no douche. 14 douche, so Ooh, you're not a double douche. Edged it out. Edged it out. Douche. It's 50-50. It's kind of like you, though. You said you didn't know how you felt about it. Yeah, you know, I mean, I don't it's think 50-50. you're a douche. I just, like, I don't know how to feel, dude. I don't know. Fitty bitty. It's a comfy-ass sweatshirt. Go buy You know, one. we forgot to uh, ask Andrew that. We should ask him. Yeah, that. we did. Yeah, we did. We, we're we're going to get him on at another point, I'm sure, very soon. So don't even worry about it. I, I, heard, that he knows, I heard he knows a lot about that um, Nas X situation with those shoes, so. 
we kind of tapped into it on this interview that they're about to hear, but guys, I mean, we have to get him back on. He's, uh, he's got some insight. So either way, no douche on the Victoria's Secret hoodie, which I very much appreciate. I was going to wear it regardless. So I don't care. Trendsetter. Nick, was there any more? I think there was one or two more. Last one. And then we'll head out into the interview. Uh, does Fred look like the mayor from the Grinch? Guys, this is based on my TikTok, and I was talking to my girl about a middle part, and she was like, bro, you look like the Grinch. And I was like, the, the Grinch mayor. And I was like, no way. And I flipped my hair up, and dude, I killed it. Uh, the video is, it was on the story. Uh, if not, there's two pictures on our Instagram page, at full.circlepodcast. Go check it out. Nick, what was the result? Seven, 27 votes, 19 yes, 8 no. Sweet. Okay. <laughs> Killing it out here. I'm basically Hollywood. Love to see it. Love to see it. All right. Here's what we're going to do. i got to figure out what we're going to do here. Actually. We're going to break for an interview. Break. We'll see you guys in a moment. I'm going to get some Dairy Queen or whatever. <laughs> we're going to interview this thing, dude. We're going we're gonna to get it going. We're going to do it. All right, guys. I am here with Nick and our boy Andrew Holmes, the Spokane kid. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and let yourself int- or let you introduce yourself, Andrew. I'm already messing it up. Um, and we're really excited to have you on the show, man. Let's, uh, let's get that introduction. Cool. Yeah. Thanks for having me on boys. Um, basically I, uh, live in Portland, a uh, big sneakerhead, uh, and uh, streetwear enthusiast, got a bit of my own uh, YouTube channel that I just started. You could look it up by my name, Andrew Holmes or at the Spokane kid, same for the Instagram and everything, but uh, as uh, me and my friends would say, I'm just a John's enthusiast overall. Well, that's what it's about, man. I'm glad you were able to come out with us. I know Nick kind of, Nick, was it Reddit? I mean, you know, you know better than I do. How did you guys find each other? Uh, yeah, he made a post on Reddit. It was uh, like podcast guest exchange or whatever. And I saw what he wrote and I was like, yeah, it sounds like an interesting dude to talk about. Let's get him on. And here he is. Thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, it was funny, too, because uh, the first podcast I checked from you guys was that Nike one that you guys did. And it was just funny because uh, I knew a lot about that. We're kind of the sneaker headquarters of the world here in Portland. So that just goes to show how small a town it is within the scene. Yeah, uh, you said you work for uh, Adidas, right? How's that working for Adidas in the middle of like Nike's territory? <laughs> it's good it's good um it's actually funny because a lot of people act like uh, adidas and these other sno- shoe brands came into nike's backyard but nike was helping to promote that so it kind of become the sneaker mecca over here and so it's to encourage like all the designers and other people that want to be in the industry to all come to portland um so they actually encourage adidas to start their north america headquarters here we've also got Keens, uh columbia sorrel under armor um, on running, there's a ton of brands all headquartered out here, actually. Well, I would, I would feel like the, uh, the geography kind of calls for that. I know it's kind of crazy, but like that market is massive over there. You got like the West coast, you got the mountains, you know, a little bit of everything. I think that's a pretty sweet dynamic to kind of have to their marketing and, and kind of their geographical plan, I guess would be the best way to put that. Would you agree? Yeah, totally. And like I said, a lot of those outdoor brands uh, fit into that really uh, gorpy Northwest vibe going on. And it's also really trendy in fashion right now, too. So there's a lot of cool stuff happening out here. All right. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Um, I know Nick had a few questions. Nick's, um, Nick's our fashion guy. You wouldn't, you wouldn't know it looking at his Instagram, but he's our fashion guy. And- <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. I got, I got, Shots some, fired. Shots I got fired. some dope fits. No, fired. no. He's, Nick, Nick's got a, that really dope sense of style. He actually showed me a lot about like underground stuff. So before we really get into the Nike story, which is I think the way we kind of wanted to go with this, Andrew, I'm going to let Nick kind of 
get into like he's really good with that like drop culture that like fashion niche fashion yeah streetwear so i'm gonna let him kind of open up with a few questions that we really want to get your perspective on and we'll kind of roll from there cool sounds good man all right so um the first one i got is actually it relates to our other uh co-host ig matt he uh runs our instagram page and he's um just kind of starting to get into streetwear so i'm wondering if you would give advice to someone like him or any of our other listeners like What's some advice if you're trying to get into streetwear? Like, what should you be like buying? Like, what kind of what kind of stuff? Yeah, totally. Uh, first bit of advice: take uh, any random podcast guest or internet guy's uh, opinion with a grain of salt. This is all subjective, so even what I'm saying, take it with a grain of salt. Um, but looking back, even five years ago to when I started, I feel like just now, and I've been obsessed with clothes for five years, like obsessed, obsessed. Where like it's literally all I think about from the time I wake up to the time I go to bed. And just now, five years later, I'm truly feeling like I'm getting the basics down at this point. Um, and so just like uh, it's, a, it's a work in progress. Don't uh, feel too bad about all that. But yeah, looking back to five years ago when I started all this, I would say really start with just quality basics. Um, a lot of people probably echo similar advice, but uh, get, spend the most money on shoes and outerwear. And it's really about the simple stuff at, at first. Like, I think you'd look cooler just wearing good a good pair of jeans and just a plain white T-shirt that was like $3 with nothing on it. Like, that is just a classic look that anyone could pull off, and it's a good way to just start. So so you're not saying to go out, go buy the latest Supreme Drop, get your, like, $100 or $150 uh, sweatshirt, don't do that? I don't think so. I, I would say go spend that 150 on a good pair of jeans, uh, honestly, or a jacket or a pair of shoes. That's Those are the big areas where I would spend my money. And then later in, fill in with like the fun stuff as you get to experiment out. But uh, yeah, I think that's a big mistake people do is they go straight to uh, wanting to spend a lot on t-shirts and hoodies because that, that they center it out around that. And I think, uh, like I said, you want to start with the other things. Andrew, I want to jump in with a quick question. I know I'm going to probably have some sporadic questions throughout um, as you kind of get into this a little bit, but I have two for you real quick. Um, one, do you feel that you could get the same look from like, um, like almost if you like tweak the lineup from a department store, like an H&M where it's a little bit more um, bland, so to speak, it's not like graphic tees or anything like that, as you could a high-end brand? Do you think that that is that like an option or do you kind of suggest to stay away from that? Uh, no, I, well, I think you could definitely accomplish the look. So the first half of the question, yes, you could go to H&M and do that. Um, I'm kind of anti H&M for some other reasons. I think they're like really bad for the environment. They steal a lot of other designers intellectual property, like pretty blatantly, and it's low quality. So if you're trying to like shop on a budget, I think you should really be thrifting and searching sites like uh, eBay and Depop. If you like really want to like save money and still be fashionable, you don't have to spend a lot. But I don't think you should be not spending a lot at H&M. Go thrift, honestly. That's where you get the good stuff. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm going to build on that a little bit as well on the back end. I actually watched Nick sent me the link. Um, guys, this is on YouTube. Anybody can check this out. Um, for your, You did a 10-minute video segment on the definition of cool, um, which I thought was a neat little niche into the site of fashion for those like me who have no clue what they're doing. Um, I just I kind of wanted to throw this at you, and I had run it by Nick earlier. Just kind of want your thoughts. Do you think like you kind of mentioned, um, you know, like uh, James Dean and like Elvis Presley and some of the like icons in, in a major turn in fashion history? Do you think at it like I know you kept saying a lot about rebellious um, like status, like rebel status, rebel culture. 
Do you think it's also a behavioral thing that if you're more like self-confident and a little bit more um, like, I don't know, I I don't know the right word, but definitely self-confident. Do you think that the behavior is also an element of pulling off fashion? Oh, 100%. Uh, Like I said in that, it's it's more about how you react to everyone's reactions around you um, that, that shows that confidence. And I think that that's what makes them cool. And like I was saying towards the end, like maybe it was kind of hard to uh, elaborate from uh, just my my statement on it. But I was saying that those icons of cool, they show us how to unlock ourselves from our own personal jail. And it's not that we want to be those icons, it's, uh, although sometimes we do. But really why they're so cool is because they show us the template of how we can ignore that, like everybody else, ignore the hate, not worry about what anyone else is thinking. And subconsciously, we're attracted to that. We want to be like, oh, I want to be like how Elvis was totally different and nobody else cared. Or I want to be like cool like James Dean. But it's more about their attitude that you want to embody. And that's the reason why they were pulling off their looks. That's the reason why they're so cool. That's the reason why we look up. Understandable. Understandable. I appreciate the outlook on that. And uh, guys, I'm going to just quick shout. I got to give them the shout outs. Okay. The Spokane Kid, YouTube. Um, again, the definition of cool, check that video out, Nick, I'm going to let you continue with the questions. Cause I know mine was kind of built off that video, but any others that you want to hit real quick before we get into the Nike story? Well, yeah, uh, related to that video. Um, so you're talking about how like you were, you had a little like graph, right? You got like the trendsetters, the early adopters and, um, like the populace for like getting new trends and fashions. Um, so do you, what do you think? Do you, do you, what are some good trends you think are coming up? Like what's the next, anything you think is like going to be the next big trend? Like, for example, I don't know if you like watch basketball at all, but I'm starting to notice at, in college, some guys are starting to do the short shorts like they used to do in the eighties and they kind of look pretty cool. So like, you think that might be another trend doing some short shorts? Oh, 100%. Uh, the five inch inseam was really popping last year, especially, like I said, at the beginning of the graph, people that are like uh, setting the trends and stuff like that. So it's already been in motion for a year. And that's one of the personal things that I want to expand upon. That's a little bit outside of my comfort zone. I'm rocking above the knee at seven inch, which is still not like that baggy basketball short look. But I want to take it even higher to that five inch. But uh, like I said, it was it's been been done by those trendsetters almost a year ago and i think more people are going to catch on to it now and maybe by next summer everyone's gonna be wearing it yeah i haven't uh, noticed but, that too. oh sorry oh no worries and some other ones are going to be built upon like uh other uh trends that are going on right now so i think the biggest thing in fashion right now uh is kind of vintage and workwear uh carhartt's exploded and uh vintage t-shirts everything vintage vintage levi's and I think the next aesthetic that kind of builds upon that is uh, Japanese workwear because it's a more interesting take that looks upon um, like the historical part of look- workwear. And then also cowboy like Western vibes, uh, which expands off of that whole uh, um, vintage aesthetic into like nicer denim and things like that. I think it's definitely something that you can see, Nick. I think, you know, I'm, I'm kind of in the middle uh, of the, you know, Eastern seaboard for lack of a better explanation, Virginia, North Carolina, you're starting to see that come around a lot, especially in the Southern States. I think Nick, I, I mean, you'd see it in Connecticut, Nick, would you agree? I mean, I don't know if I'm missing it too much up there. Yeah. Relating to the shorts. I, I, I did notice last year, like there's a lot more five inch inseam pants and I, I'm just like Andrew. I've been buying like the seven inch, like getting higher and higher slowly above the knee. Slowly working and like, into it. Slowly. Yeah, slowly working up. Exactly. Like I, got, yeah. I got one pair, one pair that's still below the knee that I can't wear anymore because I feel like I look ridiculous. 
<laughs> I know they're so comfortable though, but now that now that's my house shorts. That, that's a great way to put it. <laughs> house shorts. I like yeah, that. You... I like that a lot. All right, I'm gonna get um one more thing, Andrew, and then we're gonna dive into this Nike story a little bit deeper because I'm very fascinated, honestly, on what you have to say about it. But we're gonna turn we do we're big on polls here at Full Circle. So this is gonna be a definite pull for our, our listeners. Um yay or nay on crocs. Yay or nay on crocs, Andrew. What do you got? <laughs> Uh, I like it actually. I don't own a pair myself, but uh, I, I totally get the relaxed vibe and the whole uh, trend with like relaxed mules is really interesting. I think there's a lot of other options that are like would fit that similarly. And if you want to be a hype beast, like Kanye's got his like new one that came out, um, which is also I think is kind of cool. Um, but then there's also like like I said, I'm really into uh, Japanese brands right now, and there's some uh, other mule type shoes like that that are like pumpy kicks slip-ons that I think you could do the same vibe without being like the meme of wearing Crocs. Fair enough. Fair enough. We're definitely going to have to look into that. Um, I, I, I might have to have you send Nick that link because it's like I want to like Crocs, but I can't. So I'm just in a weird spot with it right now. Um, but I'll let Nick take over and then we'll get into that story. Go ahead, Nick. Yeah. So you're talking about the Yeezy foams, right? The for the that looks like Crocs, Crocs, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think they look kind of cool, too. Um, I was kind of considering, I, I, so I don't know what you think about it. I was kind of considering buying a fake pair for, like, $20 because, you know, I, I like fashion, or I like how some of, like, the hype beast stuff look, but I don't really want to pay all the money for it, and I know everyone around me, at least, they're not they're not completely into, like, fashion. I don't live in, like, Portland where everyone would know, so, like, I feel like I can get away with that. What, what do you, What's your thoughts on, like, fakes and, like, replicas and whatnot? Yeah, so that that's a really complicated, nuanced question to me. Um, I see both ends of it, but uh, I mean, there's a few things going on. Like, first, I believe that designers have the right to their intellectual property, and so when, especially when it's smaller designers, uh, especially getting ripped off by like H and M and stuff like that, I think that's just terrible and shouldn't be going on. Uh, now, Nike and Adidas, they're humongous, uh, and I really don't feel as bad about their intellectual property. Um, although I still believe it's there. I mean, that's Kanye's ideas too. And I know some of the designers at Adidas, like Steven Smith and stuff, who's a legend in the industry. Um, I do believe that they should have the intellectual rights and like be reaping the rewards of their design. Like royalties um, and things of that nature. That, Sorry, Andrew, I didn't mean to cut you off. Like royalties and things of that nature. Are they getting that or not from what you're seeing? Yeah, yeah. And just that's what they're getting paid for, um, especially with Kanye. That's why he actually makes more than uh, Jordan. And that's when the song came out with facts when he's saying Yeezy jumped over jump, man. He actually makes more money than Michael Jordan, even though more Jordans fell out because he structured his deal in a way that he gets royalties from it, where Jordan back when he signed his original deal shoes weren't the same as it was back then interesting um, yeah but uh, anyway i also think um a lot of people that want the yeezys i think that they want the fake for like the wrong reason essentially and it goes back to the definition of cool thing i think subconsciously or whether you've like really explored it in your head or not the reason you want fake yeezys is for like the status of fake yeezys and it's not because like you were like, oh, I planned the perfect outfit and this is the only thing that will complete it right. And so I have to get it because the real thing's too expensive. I think it's more so that if you like really cut into your own soul and like soul search on this, which I'm making it way deeper than it probably is, that you'd realize like, no, I'm doing this and for the approval of others. And I think there's other shoes that look like that, but you could get the same vibe that wouldn't be, uh, like I said, ripping off a fake uh or supporting the uh the, like the slave labor that goes into like uh <laughs> fake factories and things like that 
And so there's like that whole angle. Um, but yeah, no, I could keep talking about bigs for like 10 years. So cut me off really. <laughs> no, no, you're good. You're good. No, I appreciate the insight on that for sure. Um, I mean, I think it's an interesting thought too, that like, um, it's almost like if you go, I, I don't want to build on this too much either. And I'll let Nick cut me off in a second here, but it's almost like that's a culture within itself is like trying to almost go like, like it's almost like the knockoff is its own culture. Like try some people kind of use that to try to be ahead of the curve in a weird way. Like, Oh, it's not the real thing. It's this. And like, maybe people catch on to that. You know what I mean? I don't know if that makes sense. Um, Nick, you can kind of take over and then we'll get into that story. But I, I don't know. I just thought that was an interesting point you made there. Yeah, it does make sense. Like there's, if you go on Reddit, they have entire subreddits dedicated to getting fake, um, fake clothes from uh, China or whatever. I guess the little thing about mine is they're not like one-to-one fakes, right? They just look like the shoes. They don't have the Adidas symbols on them or anything. I'm not trying to fool anyone with them. I tell them that they're fake. I just, honestly, I really like how the Yeezys look, but I, I don't like them like $250 worth there. You have to get the resale because it costs you even more. But I do get what you're saying. It's definitely like taken away from Kanye. I mean, he does make a ton of money, but he came up with the idea, right? I'm stealing money from him. And yeah, they are made in China. They're probably not made in the best conditions or whatever. So I do get what and you're well, saying with that. And I think you could get a very similar type shoe, like a, even just an Ultra Boost in like a 1.0 colorway, which is like, quote unquote, kind of hype. And that would still get the same comfort factor. You could find them under retail. You still get to join the participate in the culture of like being a sneaker head. And so you get all the positive benefits. And so it's like, if it's about completing the look or like the, des- or like the look overall, I feel like you can basically get the same look there. No, I think it's definitely something to explore. Um, I, de- I, mean, I wish, honestly, I'm not even going to lie to you, Andrew. I wish we had plenty more time to go over this. I know we're kind of getting a good chunk in here and we do have more plans for this segment. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm just going to let you free run with this, um, this part of the, this uh, interview, so to speak, because we, like I said, we did have you on, you know, the, um, the whole Nike scandal, what was going on with it. I'm going to let you kind of explain how you know about it, like your tie-ins or, and stuff like that. Obviously we know you can't go into excru- excruciating detail, um, but definitely let us know like what you know about this Nike story. Cause we've heard it all from Barstool, which is mainstream. Um, but they keep it, you know, one minute videos, quick little facts here and there thoughts, um, but not details. So we want to get you on. We know, you know, the details a little bit, go ahead and hit us with what, you know, I'm very curious about this. Yeah, so I mean, when that Bloomberg article came out, I saw them, I, I read it myself, I'm like, reading the description, I'm like, oh, that sounds like one of the regulars at our store. And so the store I work at has uh, invite only, but once you get in, everything's half off. And so uh, obviously, there's a lot of uh, deals to be had there if you can get a shoe that's like selling even under retail. So say the retail in the shoe is 180, you get it at 90 half off, you could sell it under retail, a brand new shoe for like $150. And some guys like, hey, this shoe just came out. It's 180 everywhere, everywhere else. I can buy it on 150 on Amazon. And this guy's making 50 bucks a pop, a pop profit after like shipping and everything. And then you start buying 10 of those at a time every single day and things start adding up. Um, so this kid wasn't just doing that here. He was doing it at uh, all the outlets around town. He's running bots online. And he's eventually grossing like 200,000 or not grossing. He has revenue of 200,000 a month. So I don't know what the gross break, uh, gross profit breakdown on that would be, but it's a lot. It's a lot. Um, a lot of people. Oh yeah, a lot of people who think about resale, they're always thinking it's the huge ticket items like Yeezys and uh, the sold out Jordans and stuff. But I was also uh, saw an interview from another local guy that uh, was from Portland. He lives in LA now, but at the time he was the highest, uh, uh, the highest volume seller on all of StockX. 
was from here. He was like this little kid at the time, like 17. He's probably like 20, 21 now. Uh, but he got banned from our store because he was flipping stuff. And I read an interview where he was talking about how, like I said, it, it's not the Yeezys that make him all the money because even with bots and stuff, you can only get like 10, 20 pairs or whatever. He's like, it's it's the small shoes that nobody wants. Flipping bricks, as it's called, like the brick items that nobody wants. But if he only makes $10 profit, they can get a thousand of them. That's more profit than a Yeezy drop. And that always stuck with me. Like, and that's one of the things I do admire about this Joe kid is he's flipping a lot of bricks out there. And that's honestly just sneaker hustle. Um, some of the stuff on the Nike end, though, with like the connections with his mom, that kind of hurts me as a sneakerhead inside. It's that kind of collusion going on with Nike. We all had like the idea, like we all kind of had known that like Nike enjoys the resale culture because it helps keep all their products sell out. And by a Jordan selling out, it helps move the shoes that your dad and mom are buying because it elevates the cool factor and the quality factor in everybody's head about the swoosh. They just think it's quality. Um, so it's like quality by association at that point. Um, and uh, yeah, so he self-promoted on Bloomberg, which is kind of funny that he brought his own downfall. He actually paid to have the article done because he was like trying to blow up with the clout and everything like that. He was like he paid for doing it? interviews. Yeah, he literally paid money. Like anyone can get on Bloomberg for five thousand dollars. Wow, <laughs> I did not know this at all. This is this this is what I'm talking about. This is cool. wait, okay. Fred, you want to want to fund some money? We can get our podcast on Bro, Bloomberg. Let's do it, boy. You could, you could. Yo, Andrew, you got five grand, dog. <laughs> I know, right? Well, hey, we'll, we'll uh, crowdfund this. Yeah, we'll, 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 we'll do that, you know, full circle, you know, and then we'll do that SpaceX spat, and then the space, the Spokane kid. We'll do that collab. We got you, boy. <laughs> <laughs> totally. I'm a blood. That's crazy. I didn't know that was a thing. So that's how it really got started then was he put the article and it kind of blew up from there. Yeah. And like, and towards the end of the interview, he's like, uh, the guy noticed it was his mom's uh, name and Herbert when he called because it's on, you know, the family plan. Which is, I mean, shout out to all the parents out there. I'm still on a family plan. I'm like, same here. <laughs> yeah, me you know, too. Like, hey, family plans for life. Yeah, you know what? But uh, he actually noticed that. He was like, huh, that's interesting. And then he started investigating and then uh, found out that even some of the, uh, like, because uh, he was even showing off his, like, amount of money he was making. And it even was, like, tied to, like, the same, like, credit cards and stuff as, as his mom. And that's when the article really blew up because the reporter themselves made that extra link. Um, what he wasn't expecting because he was like, "Oh no, 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 don't bring that, don't bring her into this," which obviously is going to make the reporter want to do it. Wow, it's you know what? I, I'm not surprised that like, of course, it's him trying to like flaunt all the money he's made by paying five thousand dollars to get an article in Bloomberg, and they find out well his mom's helping him and gets her. She has to step down for a job. That's well, Nick. I want to. I want to tweak it on the back end of this. So the crazy part is obviously we all know the general details. She stepped down and all this. Now Nike, from what I read, and I really want Andrew. Hopefully you can confirm this. I kind of mentioned it on that on that thirty three episode thirty three. Is that what I had read was Nike had done an interview about this back in twenty eighteen. Now I don't know if that's the Bloomberg article, but they never made her step down, and this was two or three years ago. So do you know anything more about that? Why it suddenly became prominent? It seemed like they knew about it. Is this legal? Like. I don't know enough about the situation. I mean, I definitely am not a lawyer, but it to me, it feels somewhat like uh, insider trading for them to be like, uh, for her to be like giving info like that if she was, I don't know the extent, 
Uh, I do have friends that work at Nike and several of them had like DM'd me about stuff that like, hey, it's deeper than the article goes. Like the rat is the tip of the iceberg type of oh, stuff. No kidding, they no didn't kidding. like say a ton of things. They're like, hey, the stuff that you saw in the article is probably true and worse. Oh. And so that's coming from like directly people that work at Nike. But also it just makes sense from like an industry standpoint. Um, Nike doesn't care about this at all. And even though they said they're going to crack down more, that's what's so disheartening about this whole thing to me on the sneakerhead end. Because part of me is is proud of this Joe kid in the entrepreneurial side. It's like, wow, like that's like I said, he's moving bricks a lot of the time. Like he's got some hustle out there. But the sad part is how Nike clearly doesn't care. If anything, they want this. Like this is good for business. It's another end. And so they like I said, they they knew about this back in 2018. They're like, we don't care. Um, this is the type of thing they would fire an employee for. Like I would get in trouble if I was flipping uh, Adidas. Right. And so I, I don't, I don't like flip Adidas shoes. Um, but like, and so that's why like, it's kind of hypocritical too, that like the, would, if, if some kid that worked in an outlet flipped it for 50 bucks, that they would get fired. And then is this uh, VP is doing way worse than that with her son. And she's the, she, she's the vice president uh, that is like directly overseeing the sneakers app, which is directly supposed to counter bots. So within the same household, she's supposed to be mending stop bots. And his whole job is to get used bots to buy as many shoes as possible in the same house. Wild. That's that. That's definitely a conflict of interest. <laughs> that's for sure. Like, yeah. how do we know? Like, it's just not his mom doing all this through him, and to make it look like it's not her doing it, it's her son doing it. You know what I mean? Like, you don't know. I mean, like, could could be. I don't think she was like that directly involved, but I think she was. I mean, certainly proud of her son for just being an entrepreneurial guy. Like, I mean, he's bringing in a four times as much as her salary. Like she was probably making what I think $250,000 a year plus like Nike benefits and Nike stocks over the last like however many years she worked there. And he's making it over a million a year after uh, you add up those numbers. And so he's, he's making quadruple what she is. So, I mean, she's got to be proud on one extent. I don't think she was like directly like, like managing the business for him by any means. But I do think that there was little things like her, employee discounts him or her letting him into the employee store and then you hear those other stories about him getting like large batches of highly exclusive nikes and things like that or giving him a heads up on oh this this uh warehouse is going to move it out to this uh outlet and then go and buy them all that day and so i think there might be little info like that and that's once again really disheartening as a sneakerhead well i think the crazy part of it too andrew is like we don't know the extent i mean you look at it as the average household right like you're going to come home you're going to tell your parents about something they're going to know you're grinding and working hard so it could have just been slipping conversation you know what i mean she could have been like whoa work sucked today we got to do this whole drop it you know what i mean like it could have we don't know and that's what makes the story so fascinating is like we don't know how deep it went we don't know how inclusive these two were to the overall plan you know what i mean so it's a very unique yeah. situation, but um, I mean, we are kind of getting a little bit into the into the segment. I mean, is there anything else you want to kind of wrap up on this, and we'll go ahead and get into our real or fake? Uh, I think that was most of it. Uh, I mean, I will say like there's definitely more of an element than just a slip, and she knew more than just he's making a lot of money. Like he was like stacking like five hundred Jordans on their back patio. Like you don't you don't you can't ignore stuff like that that's going on. He yeah. really had a warehouse and own. He owns a U-Haul in a warehouse in town and his has friends that like work full time running the warehouse for him. No, nope. this was like a legit humongous operation going on. Like she definitely knew. And when he set up the business originally, he was a minor. You can't do an LLC as a minor. I don't think when he was 17. And so I think his dad or even it might have been her. I think it was his dad, though, 
set up the LLC for him. So like they were definitely super aware of what was going on. But how much insider info he got is obviously uh, we, we, the world may never know. Yeah, no, that's interesting. I mean, I really, really appreciate the insight on that. Again, this stuff's so over my head, and I hadn't read, I hadn't read the Bloomberg Bloomberg article. Certainly didn't know that he kind of self lit that match, so to speak, um, which is very, very <laughs> yeah. Cloud's a powerful drug. You ain't lying. <laughs> you ain't lying. But yeah, no, super, like very, very, much, very much appreciate the detail on that. Um, I think our listeners are gonna be super excited to hear that. Uh, Nick, I'm going to kind of push in the direction. I want to do the real or fake. I want to get his thoughts on our final question and then we'll kind of, um, real quick, Fred, I just got two more questions. I want to ask real quickly. This is two more. Um, one of these was actually given to me by our listeners. I think it was really good. So, um, I'll just do, um, uh, here's the first one. Um, so do you know, like, so I feel like most streetwear brands, right. Going back to clothes, they're mostly like all geared toward um guys do you have do you know any good brands um like for women like any good women streetwear brands or like got brands in general that have good women clothing um i mean yeah i mean i think most brands these days and the way the world's headed is everything's just becoming unisex and i think that's a really good thing for everything that's going on um like even some of my favorite brands like they only do it in unisex sizing even though most of it is primarily male but a lot of the same brands that make high quality men's stuff, like I would go tell someone if you just want a good pair of jeans that won't break the bank, go get Levi's. And same for girls or guys. Um, oh, I'm sorry, uh, your mic was a little soft though. What'd you, what'd you say right there? Oh yeah, whoops, I think I got a call. Sorry, two popping guys. Oh no, he, he's off. fine. Nick, he said basically Levi's right now is what's in for, for like jeans. If you want to go like vintage quality jeans, whether it be male or female, Levi's is the way to go right now, if I heard that right. Uh, yeah, um, but uh, just as an example, like quality brands that make quality stuff make it for both these days. But one that might be a little off the radar. I mean, if you follow fashion, you'll know about Telfar. Telfar bags, I think, are just a great brand to be supporting right now. And they're basically a designer leather purse, but not at non-designer prices. And it's made by uh, um, African-American-owned uh, I, I think, yo, hey, sorry, Andrew, I think we're having... um mic issues uh, again i couldn't really it was like really quiet did you hear fred or was it really quiet no, I heard, yeah it was a little quiet on my end too i mean i can hear little bits bits and pieces i heard a um a purse brand there he was going over but yeah andrew um we are losing you a little bit uh on the yeah, yeah sorry loudness sorry my friend keeps calling me and he needs to stop no that's no problem i just don't want you to like yeah. talk the whole thing and then it like we can't hear you know yeah don't don't worry about so. that we keep it in though we're raw here at full circle dude we, we you're gonna get the sweet whole... sweet okay I, th- I think i fixed the audio there <laughs> no you're tuning in way louder now. Um, you're good dog go ahead and continue cool cool so yeah not sure how much you heard but uh i was suggesting this brand called telfar it's the african-american owned so you get to support a designer of color which is like not nearly a scene in the industry and it's a designer bag brand that's made at non-designer prices so you can get a like a leather bag from most designer brands is going to be at least a thousand dollars if you want to go to saint laurent gucci louis vuitton any of the popular ones but instead they're priced between like 150 and 250 for a, a nice leather bag and it's one of the trendiest things around right now it's kind of the it bag um and so you get to s- support just great uh, great uh small brand from a person of color you get the not a designer product for non-designer prices and they put out colors every few weeks now they do sell out because of such a great price point and they're building a lot of hype but that would be a brand to have on the radar for girls. What was that? What was that name? One more time, Andrew. What was that brand? It's called Telfar. Okay. Awesome. Nick, did you have any other questions on that? 
Um, no, I think I just got one last um, question. Where is it? Look. All right. So, um, what do you think is like a big factor that makes like some brands like Antisocial, Social Club, or Supreme? Why, why do they succeed and like other smaller brands? Why do they fail? Do you like? What do you think is like the main factor in that? You do. Um, do you think like yeah. celebrities wearing your brand really helps put it out there? Oh, 100 percent. I mean, Antisocial Social Club might be not be a great example because that's literally the only reason they're popular. Uh, like literally, <laughs> Kim Kardashian wore their uh wore their hat at New York Fashion Week once and then Kanye wore their hoodie and that is the only reason people like Antisocial Social Club like that is the most vapid hollow brand like I couldn't dislike it anymore I'm just very I'm anti-antisocial club that is hilarious because I have so many sweatshirts of them I even bought Fred a t-shirt of it that he has that's hilarious I can see why you hate it I just, I really, I don't know. I like, I like the anti. I mean, there's I just, just like... there's just no depth there. I mean, I think it goes back to like how you wanted the Yeezys because I, of the status involved in Yeezys, but I don't think there's anything beyond Antisocial Social Club besides the hype. Like they don't even have another design essentially, and every collab is just that exact same logo with a tweak or times the other logo. No, um, I, I yeah, definitely agree. I've stopped buying. I have stopped buying. Well, hey, <laughs> if you're, if you're yeah, a I mean, simpleton it, like Nick, that's that's right up his alley. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Now, now, Supreme on the other end, I think that goes back to the whole like what is cool thing. And like I said, they just don't care about anything in like, or they don't care about what anyone thinks. They won't even tell you what's dropping. The employees themselves like don't like uh, like don't give a fuck. Essentially, um, oh, I'm not sure if we're supposed to swear on here. No, I'm um, sorry. Cool, but yeah. Uh, anyway. So yeah, their whole attitude of the brand is just clearly they do not care about what anybody thinks. Like they'll put like Japanese porn on a sweatshirt. They'll put uh like like crude sayings. Like they just don't care. They'll like put out stuff that like accessories that no other brand would think about putting out, even to the point it's a meme like a brick. And so like I think that they're just like the definition of cool essentially that way. The problem now is they're becoming so popular that it's no longer like cool for the other reason i was saying about what's cool in the video is that like once something's the most popular thing out it can't be cool because it's no longer rebellious so they're at this weird paradox position where like the brand itself does stick to its roots as a cool skater brand that doesn't care about anyone else's opinion but now they're reaching maximum hype where like their mom even knows about the cream yeah i I agree with you on that like pretty much everyone knows about it now i feel like once I, I feel like once I start to find something like that, it's like, oh, that's like starting to go like uncool anymore. Like I'm, I'm at the edge of like where it's cool and it starts to go down from there. Yeah. And not, not to ramble too much, but to really answer the question, just maybe those brands distracted me too much. But the main thing that I see that uh, new streetwear brands are do- aren't doing that they should be doing is trying to be unique is the first thing. Um, having a, an identity and an aesthetic that they commit to that they just that when you see that type of uh, design you know it's their brand and that's the greatest compliment in any art medium I would say is trying to be unique like Playboy Cardi and Lulu Uzi Vert blew up on SoundCloud because they sounded different than everybody else and we all know a friend that's a SoundCloud rapper and they didn't blow up because they sound like a SoundCloud rapper but Playboy Cardi you hear a Playboy Cardi song on SoundCloud and you're like oh that sounds like Playboy Cardi and when you heard Lil Uzi Vert the first time, like back when he was blowing up, it's like, no, this sounds like Lil Uzi Vert, not like a SoundCloud rapper. And so like, that's why they blew up. And so like, when I see brands, it's like, they just have a logo. They, they have one logo, they plaster on everything. And it's like, bro, you don't have a logo, you, or you don't have a brand, you just have a logo. 
And I think yeah. that's the difference. And that's kind of why I didn't like antisocial social club. That's no, I don't blame you. And I totally agree with you. Whenever I look on Reddit and like the streetwear startup, some of these brands is just like their logo on everything. It's like, why do I care about your logo? Like, I've never heard of you before. Why do I want that? You know, I agree with you on that. That's a very unique take on that too. I agree with that hundred percent as well, but that's such a unique thought process. I don't think that that's talked about enough, um, but that is, that is absolutely agreeable. Um, I think we're going to go ahead and move in. Uh, Andrew, I, again, I, I thank you so much for the insight on that on that story. And even just in fashion in general, like I said, I know like for me, this is all over my head. So you and Nick kind of taking on the, uh, the workhorse here is definitely making me feel better about it. But um, I know we're getting a little bit late on time. We usually try to keep our general shows within an hour. So I think we're right on point, but Nick, did you want to do real or fake? How many did you want to do? What are you vibing with? Let's do real or fake. I got five questions for you two and whoever gets the most right wins. All right. And are you, obviously Andrew's new to this, but uh, Andrew, I think you're going to like this segment. We can go back and forth on this. We can talk about it as we go. Um, But Nick is going to throw some facts out there that you have to decide is is real or fake. And he does not make it very easy. He is super monotone through it. He's just like straight facts. You got to decide if it's real or fake. And I'm super excited. You ready to go? Cool, cool. Sounds good. All right, Nick, go ahead. And, and um, no pressure, but but Fred has never lost. Yeah, Fred's actually. never lost. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, I'm pretty uh pretty good at reading Nick through the cuff. No, I, I I'm due. I'm due. It's really hard to tell, but I'm really excited about this. So I'm ready to get into it when you guys are. All right, I'm ready. All right. Question one, fellas. The fastest wheelchair 100 meter is 9.9 seconds less than half a second away from Usain's record for a 100-meter dash of 9.58 seconds. Real or fake? Oof. Uh, this sounds wild, and your wild ones sometimes tend to... I feel like I'm a nut for saying true, but I'm going to go true on this one. I'm going to go true on this one. What do you think, Andrew? Yeah, I mean, it's tough. At first, it sounds absurd, but there is that mechanical advantage, and so you kind of like wonder if they could really just like build the momentum. I want to say fake, though. I'm going to go fake. It was fake, guys. Andrew got it. One zero, Andrew. Nice. I'm about to take this L, boy. I can feel it brewing. All right, Nick, let's get into the next one. All right, number two. Elephants sometimes use their feet to help them hear. Real or fake? I think we may have had this one already, which is really making me mad um crap i'm gonna go i'm gonna go true again i we had this before and i don't know if it's an elephant or not but i know someone some animal does this i'm gonna go i'm gonna go real again but i this is a previous one i don't know yeah i could i could see that i mean it sounds like you know like a hunter like listening for the buffalo like putting their ear to the ground or something like i'm I'm, I'm gonna say true you guys it was real they do use their feet to help them here all right and fred I um I did a fake one earlier before I was like, do giraffes use their feet Rash. here? And it was fake because right, yeah. it's not I real. I couldn't remember. I knew you used an animal. I was like, I'm gonna look real stupid if I got it right before and wrong now. I'm gonna be super mad. <laughs> All, right. All right, two one Andrew. Question three. Nike is currently designing shoes for blind people that have built in that have a built-in speaker that's hooked up to a remote that they can use to find their shoes if they misplace them. Real or fake? Uh, Andrew's a fashion expert. I'm going to let him take the lead on this one. <laughs> now, they just did make a shoe that was uh, for handicapped people where they didn't actually have to lace it themselves. It's built in a way that it's bent so they can just stick their foot in and it immediately opens up. So, I mean, they're already thinking in this thought process. I haven't heard of it, though. 
Um, so I'm going to say fake just because I, I feel like I would have heard of it. I trust his logic, but I got to try to gain one back. I'm going to say true. It seems like it could be a possibility. I'm gonna go it true. could be true. Yeah. Guys, it was fake. I actually based this idea on, I saw those shoes Andrew just talked about. The for, They made for disability people where they had their non-lacing shoes. Oh. They looked really dope. Like that, isn't it, so it was fake. Back to the Future? Like those ones, right? The auto, auto lace? Is that what you think? Not exactly it's like a, that. It's a more orthopedic looking than that. Okay. <laughs> it, it looks like a taco that you, uh, <laughs> that you put your foot into and it becomes a quesadilla is how I'm going to describe this for the viewers. That, no, that's too freaking funny. I knew it was going to be close. I knew it was going to be close. Dang it, dude. All right. Yeah, no, I think, All right. I think that three was- one Andrew. All right. Question number four. George Washington's real first name was actually Ernest, but he decided to change it to George when he ran for president. Real or fake? Uh, I'm going to say, you know what? I've never heard of that. I'm going fake. This, for some reason, this sounds real to me. Like, I don't know if it's just because I did, like, some uh, history stuff around Ben Franklin. And so I know a lot of Ben Franklin facts. And I feel like I've heard it just by studying that. So I'm going to say yes, actually. Well, I'm sorry, Andrew, but I made that up. That's fake. (laughs) My Ben Franklin trivia. Yeah, does does that bring me at least one closer? I felt like I was getting murdered out here. What is it, three to two? All right, so. It does, it does. We're at the final question. It's 3-2 Andrew. So Fred needs to get it right. Andrew needs to get it wrong. And then we go to overtime. All right. All right. Question five. On average, one cloud weighs more than one million pounds. Real or fake? Andrew? Wow. I mean, I mean, it is filled with water. So, I mean, I'm going to say yes. Like, I mean, water is heavy. I gotta take it a I gotta take the gamble here and say fake. I mean, I, I I'm I really want to say true here, but I feel like I don't know. I don't know if they could measure that weight, and I feel like that'd be too much. Oh, I'm gonna go fake. I'm gonna go fake. Take the gamble at a tie here, guys. It was real. Nice. Ah, <laughs> Damn. <laughs> wow, Fred has been defeated by the Spokane Kid. <laughs> I hate to see it. Nice, well, nice. That's the last time. That's the last time Andrew's gonna be on the show, guys. <laughs> yeah. I know, right? <laughs> I know. I insulted the host. No. I beat him at his game. No, that was a hell of a round. Honestly, you did pretty well, and I liked the lot. I do the same thing. I think through it. I can't help myself. I'm like, all right, here's what I think is true. I gotta play it to this. But thanks for playing with that. Um, hope you enjoyed that, Andrew. Uh, I mean, I'm just gonna go ahead and wrap it up. I mean, I cannot thank you enough for coming out, spending the time with us here. Um, I, I, we, like I said, like Nick said, this is our first, uh, guest that we don't both mutually know, or one of us knows, um, growing up. So we, again, thank you so much for your time. Um, the crowd wants to thank you as well. I'm going to put that in there real quick. Oh, I just deleted it. Never mind. We're going to do, oh. we're going to do all part. <laughs> and real quick, um, oh, yeah. real quick, tell the people where they can find you on Instagram and YouTube. Oh yeah. Instagram at the Spokane kid. Uh, I think YouTube, if you type the Spokane kid as well, should come up all one word. Uh, lowercase and andrew holmes uh on uh youtube as well awesome well thanks again andrew can again can't thank you enough man really appreciate it and we'll definitely have to get you back on if you see anything that really uh gets you going definitely send it to nick and we'll get you on the show we really appreciate you coming out totally thanks guys and uh thanks for letting me uh insult your favorite brands on your own show (laughs) anytime one last question right before you go really quick ranch or ketchup 
Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was the crew. No. I, mean, ca- I got to go with the cowboy vibes. Keep it correct. Ranch, baby. Ranch over here. The vintage. You got to keep it trendy. He checked out, guys. Check. He checks out. Check him out on YouTube, guys. Again, the Spokane Kid, Andrew Holmes. Thanks again. It's been an absolute pleasure, bud. Thanks a lot. Thanks. And we're back. That was a great interview, Fred, huh? Thanks for joining yeah, us, the Spokane Kid. Yeah, I was super impressed with Andrew, dude. I mean, I just, he really knew his stuff. I did not expect half of those details, like the Bloomberg article. I mean, it's just, it's crazy. I didn't know enough about any of that. So I'm, 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 I'm so hyped with that. I'm glad you guys, I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, and we'll definitely get him on again real soon. So, uh, Nick, let's get into those songs of the week. You know, unfortunately Matt's not with us today, but we'll get into songs of the week. We'll let him know what's up. And then, uh, we'll get back here for our last show on Sunday. Um, yeah. So Matt's song of the week. Patience by KSI featuring Youngblood and Polo G. Mm, I might have to have him send me that. I've never heard of that. Have you? Uh, nope. All right. I thought KSI some YouTuber anyways. Mm, I don't even know, dude. SoundCloud rapper. Let's get in. <laughs> Nick, what's your, <laughs> what's your song, God? What's going on? Uh, my song is Rhode Island by the Front Bottoms. Rhode Island by the Front Bottoms. Do you want to sing this one too, bud? Florida's a... Florida's a long way from Rhode Island. I watch her rest her hands inside her lap. I swear to God, dude, if we ever like lose listeners, it's gonna be because of that. Dude, that's that like hurts. a punk pop song. Like I love you and all, but dude, no. Okay. I'll go on American Idol with you and we'll see who gets rejected more. That's what we should do. Probably you, dude. Full circle segment. <laughs> I got spunk. I got spunk I in my thing. That, dude. I got style, bro. Walk in there with my Victoria's Secret hoodie, whatever. Okay. My song of the week is Oops, I'm Sorry by the Lost Kings, Ty Dallasan and Gashi, guys. EDM vibe. Um, but that's it. That's our three songs. Uh, again, really hope you enjoyed that interview with Andrew. Uh, check him out on YouTube at The Spokane Kid. And uh, we'll see you guys on our last show for Sunday for a little while. Um, that's it, y'all. Thanks for listening. That's some more. Oh, my God. I'm playing the outro. I'm done with it. Thank you for listening to this episode of Full Circle with Nick and Fred. Be sure to check out our sponsors and follow us on Instagram at full.circlepodcast for polls and updates.